So hello and welcome to the 20th episode of the Spotlight Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Century 21 sales representatives in Canada, where we discuss the hot topics and important news in the real estate industry. So I'm your host, Linus Killius, and with me, as always, is Aaron Richardson. Hello. Hey, Aaron. So Aaron is a broker and general manager with Century 21 Heritage Group. Aaron has an extensive background in online marketing, technology, and customer service. And I'm the head of business development at the real estate marketing company, Homania. So on today's show, we're going to be discussing a newish practice that's been cropping up in the real estate industry of late, especially in the hotter markets. Pre-advertising of your listing before putting them on MLS as coming soon. Trying to attract interest and potentially sell your client's home prior to putting on the market to save on commission. So there's some big questions here. Is this really in everyone's best interest? Does this potentially prevent your client from getting the proper market value for their listing? Are you really serving your client's best interest here, or is this more self-serving? I have a funny feeling that Aaron might be able to answer some of these questions on today's show, but first, we've actually got some news that we want to delve into. News regarding the foreign homebuyers tax in Vancouver that cropped up on, I believe it was August 2nd. It's a little recap for those that may not be up on what this foreign buyers tax is. Uh, So if you're not a Canadian citizen or a permanent resident of Canada, you purchase property in the Vancouver area, you're subject to essentially a 15% tax on your purchase. The goal of this tax was to kind of pump the brakes on foreign ownership forces in Vancouver, particularly those that were parking money in the city's real estate and leaving their properties vacant, leading to not only a housing price issue with housing prices going up, but also housing availability as well. So it's been coming on two months now almost since we had the tax implemented, And there are a lot of opinions on its effects. One big number that I keep seeing crop up in the media there, and this is getting a lot of media interest, is that home sales fell 26% year over year for the month of August. That's that's home sale volume since the new tax was implemented. Also, the other big number that you keep seeing is that the average home price fell 16.7% last month as well. However, on closer inspection, it does look like these numbers are being spun by those that have a vested interest in critiquing this tax and also hyping the news cycle. Um, statistics can always be a dangerous thing because they also often don't tell the full story. And I think that's a little bit of what's happening here as well. So for instance, in July, the month before the tax was implemented, home sales actually had a larger year-over-year drop than August, and that drop was 27%. And with regards to the average home price falling, this seems to be mostly due to a slowdown of uh, the sale of higher-end homes. The median price actually increased in Vancouver West and had about only half of the 16.7% price reduction previously quoted in Vancouver East. So a lot of analysts still say that the effect of this foreign buyer tax is up in the air. It's only been a month. It's kind of hard to tell what contributing factors uh, this foreign buyer's tax has had. And that they say that these slowdowns were actually starting well before the tax came into place. So that being said, it does seem that the tax has had a pretty strong effect on foreign interest in Vancouver. While it's difficult to translate foreign interest into how much has actually contributed to this current cooling of the Vancouver market, there is some evidence out there that foreign investors are looking elsewhere. Now, I'm probably going to horribly ruin the pronunciation of this, 
There's a website, juwai.com, uh, J-U-W-A-I.com, which is essentially the realtor.ca for China for people looking to purchase property in North America and around the world, actually. And they put out some numbers recently. I know this isn't necessarily like a solid concrete thing to go on, but it does show some trends. Uh, they reported a drop of 80, 81% in inquiries in Vancouver purchases. And those were accompanied by 143% increase in inquiries in Seattle and 142% increase in, in inquiries in Toronto. So while it's unclear as to whether the foreign investment influenced the market as it currently stands, it does seem that interest is shifting, as was probably expected, to more favorable markets that don't have this 15% tax and potentially a lower entry point for, for, for uh, pricing. So this also comes on the heels of some prominent economists and banks saying that we should expect actually a similar tax on the Toronto market as well. Now, I don't know how much to buy into that. I expect Toronto will, wait, will kind of take the wait and see approach on things to see how the full effect is on the Vancouver market and be able to analyze it properly. But it is still interesting that there are some big names coming out saying this, and there does seem to be a lot of pressure from BC to implement this tax in Toronto as well. Um, so others are saying now that it's a foregone conclusion. So that's kind of a summary of all the news. So Aaron, what's your take on all of this? Oh, she's you know, I can obviously comment from a, a Toronto standpoint um, and saying that uh, I, I probably would agree that it's an inevitability if, if, uh, if the uh, politicians can make some money uh, any other ways off the real estate market, this is one of the ways that they'll do it. And it really doesn't affect the uh, voting population, um, uh, you know, that much. So there was that's a, always a good thing too for them. There was actually a little bit, um, some speculation was that one of the reasons that BC did put this out is because um, it was a political move as well. Uh, they were seen to have been taking too much of a laissez-faire, I guess, with the, with the Vancouver market. They wanted to show that they're putting something into effect and, and a strong a strong move too, which the 15% tax right. was to try and show the voting populace they are doing something. So there was a lot of critique on the implementation of the, implementation of the tax that it was a political move as well. Anyway. Well, it's interesting. I mean, that's does it, do people get really upset that, uh, um, that their house prices are going up, or is it that they're you know less affordable to purchase on the on the new buyers? So I guess it depends if whether or not you're looking to retire or looking to get into the market. <laughs> For sure, and I can't imagine trying to get into the Vancouver market right now, especially if you're a new home, a new person getting into the market, like say fresh out of school or something. Purchasing a home is just next to impossible there so yeah be careful what you wish for though when uh, government gets involved sometimes it's hard to you know to re reverse something that maybe was a mistake so yeah another surprising thing i came across too that i didn't mention in our little intro there too there's actually a class action lawsuit against the pc government as well um saying that this this tax actually um violates a whole bunch of treaties including nafta uh, because it is putting um, an unfair bias on phone or foreign ownership as well, which I guess violates a whole bunch of treaties. There's some like 30 countries treaties that apparently it violates. Yeah. So there's a class action lawsuit. And I, I can see um, like the, the person who was bringing the lawsuit forward, uh, her case uh, 
she purchased before this tax was implemented, and then it, but the closing date was after August the second. And then we talked about this on a previous show too. That's one of the I think the biggest mistakes they made probably was not grandfathering That's this funny. in on previous purchases because you have these people that, that I, I, I again I don't know the extent of it, but I imagine there's probably an increase in people having to to, to default on their agreements or backing out of the agreements um, because the increased cost. Um, like, which could be yeah. substantial, like an extra 15% on their home purchase that you weren't expecting to have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I, I can see their case with the class action lawsuit for sure. And Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I, I wouldn't, I'm, I mean, who knows with the, with the legal process, this thing, this might be drawn up for quite a long time. And I can't imagine it's going to have much effect in the long run um, or in the short term anyways. But mm. yeah, who knows? Interesting situation, though. I, I guess uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if Toronto does follow suit as well. But yeah, I think it'd be pretty short-sighted for them to uh, implement something like sooner rather than later. Like I think they, the wait and see approach is definitely the way to go in this case. I think so. Yeah. And I I really hope if they do implement it in Toronto or any other markets for that matter, that they do decide to grandfather in um, this so that people that have already pre-purchased homes don't uh, are already in agreement, uh, purchase agreements. So don't have to get this tax slapped on um, like just all of a sudden like they did in Vancouver. Absolutely. Yeah. So anything else you want to say on the topic before we move on? No, just uh, in terms of stats, you know, don't don't read, don't believe everything you read. Um, it's going to take some time to to finally work through how it really affected things. Yeah, st- stats in general, um, people always spin them, right? Like it's it's hard to have a critical analysis in, in, from from in most articles that you read to and, and see all the sides of the story, um, especially if you see a, a specific group that's putting out certain statistics too that has a, a, a vested interest in one side of the story too. Um, like I said, from our intro too, you can see the things do get, get spun uh, to benefit one side over the other and it often doesn't tell the whole story. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's the news. It's interesting news. Mm-hmm. Always good to keep an eye on it. Um, so let's get into our main segment. Very interesting topic coming mm-hmm. soon. So Aaron, you want to kind of intro, intro us into this and tell us a little bit more about what the situation is and I guess what yeah. the kind of issues are? Sure. Um, well, coming soon um, started to pop up in the in our marketplace anyway in Toronto probably a year, year and a half ago. And I know it was happening a little bit in the U.S. Uh, prior to that. And uh, it actually stems from uh, a rule uh, and depending on your board uh, would depend on whether or not you're allowed to have something on the market and not do showings on it. So our board rules is, you you know, if you're on the market, you have to be available to show. Um, so in the past, what we did was uh, to market the property and get some interest in it. We'd, you know, just not do showings for two weeks and then hold off offers and and uh, create this buzz. And, um, and that sort of take took that away from us. Um, to be able to do that, not show the property, but still be on the MLS. So that that stopped a couple of years ago. Um, so these coming soon uh, signs started popping up. And I thought at first, you know what? Creative way to, you know, get a buzz going without, you know, skirting the rules and, you know, without, you know, breaking the rules. Uh, so put a coming soon uh, sign up on. Uh, and it's basically like we're holding, you know, holding showings until it hits the MLS. Now, it took a little bit of time to work through the legalities of being able to put coming soon and you know you have to cover up the mls logo because it's not on the mls and um and then now we can't just say coming soon because it's in violation um we have to you know violation of what our 
uh, Ontario board, uh, RICO, Ontario Real Estate uh, um, 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 Council. Council. Yeah, what the council was saying in terms of, um, you know, not misleading the public, you have to tell them where, where is it coming soon to? <laughs> is it coming soon to a television near you? Like, who knows, <laughs> right? So, um, so they had to say coming soon to the MLS system and and then treb said well you know we have to make sure it's a noun not a verb and it has to be coming soon to the toronto mls system as a noun instead of a verb or had to get the trademark right on it so we've got it right um everybody's putting coming soon to the toronto mls system and uh but the question now is 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 it uh is it really the right thing for a seller and what's happening is um agents are spinning and getting listings saying listen i'll tell you what I've got a, let's call it a pocket buyer, or why don't we put a coming soon sign up to see if we can get somebody to uh, purchase the property without having to put on the MLS and skip the other side of the commission. And uh, so there's a commission advantage for the seller and the sellers really love that. Because you know, as we all know, sellers don't like paying commission. Um, however, I think a seller would probably be more, uh, more impressed with more money in their pocket and not worrying about the commission. So, um, so that's the question is, um, and we first have to look at that question and say, okay, what's market value? What's the definition of market value? Well, market value is the value at which a buyer, willing buyer is going to pay for a house that's on the open market. Okay, well, if it's coming soon and it's sold prior to the, that's in what some agents have been doing, selling, uh, selling it pr uh, before it hits the MLS. Um, and uh, what ends up happening is, um, did they get market value? You know, is it in our market where you're seeing, seeing like 100,000 over asking, well, how do you know what the market value was for the house? If you sold it for 50,000 over asking before it hit the MLS, did you just leave 50,000 on the table? That's the concern. Um, so, um, you know, is it still a good idea? Is it still a good idea to have a coming soon side? So if I was sitting in front of you, uh, at, the, at the table listing, um, I'm on a listing presentation, trying to get you to list your house, Linus. And uh, one of the, the, the one way I could do it would be, let's get it up on the market, we'll do a coming soon sign, maybe we can sell it early and all this sort of stuff. So that would be the incorrect way of doing it, okay? I'm gonna tell you the correct way of doing it. And uh, I like, I listen, for some properties, I think this is creative and I think it's the right thing. First of all, um, Linus, we can, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, these coming soon signs, why don't we, you know, put the coming soon sign, see if we can sell it before it hits the MLS. And I'll say, Linus, that's a great idea. However, um, a lot of money might be left on the table, especially in the Toronto market where it's going up. So um, what I'm going to suggest is we put the coming soon sign up. And the reason why we're doing it is we want to create the buzz. That's the right reason to put a coming soon sign up. So it's coming soon to the MLS data system. And what I'm going to have you do is uh, sign a piece of paper here that says you're going to hold off, obviously putting it onto the, um, or taking any offers until the offer date, which is after it went on the MLS data system. I'm going to sign you to an exclusive listing agreement during the po uh, portion of time that it is coming soon. And I'm going to be directing with your permission um, that I, we not have showings until it hits the MLS we not take offers until obviously the hold off date after the MLS. And as long as I get that written direction from you, I can, I can let people, anybody knowing, you know, wanting to know about the property. So that's the right way to do it. And it creates a buzz. And over the, you know, say week of coming soon, people are waiting for it to hit. And then as soon as it hits, you've got a flood of people of the first five days and hopefully hold off offers. And then you, you get uh, the highest and best price for the seller. 
So one question for you, the, the coming soon bit too, is it just like putting a sign up front or like, how do you like advertise it? Um, so to, to create that buzz, is it just like a local area buzz? Cause I mean, um, if it's not on MLS, like how are that many people going to find out about it anyways? Right. I guess you, you mentioned yeah. you might have pocket buyers and stuff and you've got your, your network, but, um, does yeah. it really actually effectively create a lot of buzz? Cause I, cause to, to me, you, you might get a couple of drive-bys here and there, but you don't really no, get a lot of action coming in. You'd be surprised how much action you can get just by putting a sign on the front lawn. Um, the agents, especially, you you do know what's happening in your town, and you get a lot of people drive by. And then agents are as well putting it in the paper, which is causing you know a lot of um, a lot of frustration. We'll say from buyers, a lot of frustration from other agents that can't show the property or have to explain to their buyer that sorry it's not available. The biggest mistake you can make is to sell that early. And remember, sellers can sell their their house whenever they want. So if you put a coming soon sign up and put it in the paper coming soon and the seller says, I'm going to accept this uh, deal. Somebody knocked on my door today and uh, they offered me a price and I'm going to accept that. You know, other than the contract you have with the exclusive listing agreement, you have to sell that to that buyer. You can't not sell it to that buyer. The seller wants to sell their property. They're allowed to do that. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a lot of legal problems with RICO and the other agents in town because they're saying, and the and the general public, they said, listen, you advertised it. It was coming soon to the MLS. It never came. You falsely advertised the fact that it was supposed to come to the system. So is that the big potential legal pitfall of all this? Or are there any others as well? Because that seems like it could potentially get you in a, quite a bit of hot water. I think the misconception from uh, the agents is that... Uh, um, is that uh, well? No, we'll you know we'll hold off offers, and they're not allowed to accept any offers until we say so. Well, no, it's just not the case. Um, you put a nice sign on the front and say "coming soon." Any buyer can walk up to that house and knock on the front door and say, "Listen, I'll give you a million two for your house today. Call your agent, and then the seller can do it. They can sell it. There's a, like if they use you because you've got an exclusive listing agreement with them. They'll pay you commission, but the legal implication you have now is that you've misled the public. And it was false and misleading advertising. So you've got to be careful. Yeah, it seems like a bit of a slippery slope. I guess that comes down to educating your buyer in the process, but or sorry, your, your seller. Um, yeah, because yeah, it, it seems like, yeah, I guess if they had that offer on the table, you could, you could say, like, listen, like, if we hold out, we might get something bigger as soon as it hits the market, too. And, and that that deal, I guess, if someone did knock on the door, it, it might not be available. So I guess the, the, the buyer sees that potential offer on the table and they want to take it but i can see i can see the attractiveness there from from the seller's perspective and 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 having that deal in front of you too or the offer in front of you as opposed yeah. to like you know your agent telling okay let's hold off for another week or whatever it is i can see that attractiveness from the seller's perspective of wanting to take that right away especially if it's it's you know a, an attractive deal yeah it seems yeah. it seems like a very difficult kind of situation to get into now do you think realistically like if you did if that situation did happen that it would come back to bite you in the end too or is this just you know it's technically uh, so you yeah you get into trouble but it likely won't happen too yeah no you got a good point there i mean sometimes it's reality and then okay well is the risk worth the reward i think is what the you know um and i would say no i mean uh, there's too many risks and your reputation on the line as well. Um, you definitely want to make sure that uh, you're doing everything you can for your seller's interest. Um, the concern that I have is that, uh, um, you know, from a seller and buyer standpoint, they may think that you're concerned more about getting phone calls off of that ad, taking them and selling them other properties instead of, you know, using it for what it's supposed to do. And that's try and get as much money for for your seller as possible. 
Yeah. So, like, if you if it did come and and bite you in the butt afterwards too, like, what what could potentially happen if 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 whatever regulatory body came after you for misleading the public? Like, do you know what kind of? Oh gosh. Uh, I'll put the worst one in front of you. No, I, it, listen, it could be, I, who knows, right? Um, but I'm going to put up one that's could could happen. You put an ad in the paper and say, I guarantee to sell your price for the highest market value possible. And that's what you're supposed to do anyway. You're signing an agreement to to list the property, get the most you can for the property, right? I mean, um, so you tell them, yes, I'll get you the highest market value for your property. So you put a coming soon sign up. Somebody calls you off of an ad. You say, you know what? I'll get you through that house early. So you take them through the house early. They say, here's an offer. And he said, well, well, you know, I can't present that to myself. Well, no, you have to. So you present the offer to the seller like you have to. Yeah, that's the rule. And uh, so you present the offer to the seller. Seller accepts it and gets $1.2 million for it. Uh, seller's happy until the next week when they talk to, I don't know, a brother-in-law, a sister-in-law, a you know cousin, somebody in the business, somebody. And they, they say, listen, you know what? You left $200,000 on the table. The one next door sold for one point four, and yours is a nicer house, $200,000. So they go back and sue the agent. Why? Well, because they didn't act in the best interest of their of their seller, possibly. They could argue that. I'm not saying that they would be found right, but these are some of the things like, do they sue them? Do they take them to RICO? RICO could slap your wrist, fine you. Um, you know, these are all the different things that could happen. But I think the biggest concern, of course, is with, uh, um, one, your reputation as a real estate agent, but also as, uh, you know, from a legal perspective, uh, monetary. I mean, those are these are things that can happen if you're not acting for the interest of your for, of your seller. So tread with care, I guess. Well, yeah. Yeah. So do you have any specific advice? And I guess the big the big takeaway from all this, uh, at least from your, your perspective, is to use it for hype, but uh, don't use it for saving on commission and make yeah. sure you explain that to your client uh, when you're going into the situation with your whole strategy. My, uh, my biggest marketing strategy when listing a house is to try and get the most amount of people through the smallest amount of time to get the most amount of money. And that's, and if you can do that, you're, you're, you're almost guaranteeing them almost, I never guarantee, but almost guaranteeing them like the highest market value you could possibly get because out of the, that pool of people, you're going to bet the one that would pay the most for that house. So, um, how to do that best, um, I guess, uh, hints, tricks, trips, uh, tips, um, in order to do it properly, just make sure one, you have an exclusive listing agreement. Anytime you put anything out on the market, I've seen agents put stuff up with signs that don't have an agreement and that's dangerous. Um, so have an exclusive listing agreement, make sure you're using all the right, uh, advertising guidelines with, within Rico, um, make sure you're not misleading the public. So if it's coming soon to the MLS, uh, make sure it gets there. You know, and, and sign a contract with your uh, seller that states that they will not be looking at offers until a certain date, right? I don't know how much that would hold up in court, but it, it could be dangerous. These coming soon signs can get you into trouble. Um, however, I do love the idea of getting a buzz going because that will create more people in a shorter amount of time, which will get them more money. One other quick question just came to mind to you before we move on to the, to the final segment of the show. Um, so most of this discussion has been based around, you know, what's been happening in the Toronto area, but let's say you're in, you're in a marketplace where this isn't a common practice. Do you have yes. any, I, I mean, this yeah. was a situation a year or two ago with Treb, 
and it kind of developed. You said, you said there was there's some kind of you know legal obstacles and 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 the ways that you could do this uh, kind of cropped up. You know, you mentioned with like the trademarking and everything, and like how you say coming soon, coming soon to what. So if you're in a new mar- a market that doesn't have this uh, mm-hmm. kind of framework in place. Uh, like, do you have any suggestions? Like, is this something that maybe you can kind of get an edge in the marketplace by being one of the first people to have these coming soon signs? Do you think it's yeah, something definitely. that you should jump into, or, or maybe just kind of? I guess you said there's like you know legal implications if it's not set out and understood by whatever board you're working with. Is is there extra problems there, or is it something that you should, you should I guess maybe try and implement as part of your strategy too? Check with your board. Um, check with the rules of uh, your. Uh, we have RICO, right? We have the Real Estate Council of Ontario. Other boards have different. You know, obviously council. So j- just check into those. Just make sure you're doing it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being creative. And especially if you're doing it in the best interest of the seller in order to create as much buzz in them. Uh, you know, um, the other thing that I think is happening across Canada and, uh, and across the world really is uh, sort of a uh, practice of going to a potential seller and saying that you have a pocket pocket buyer for your listing. And if you have a pocket buyer, you could save the commission on your on your house. Um, so again, it's, you know, sellers beware. Um, are you really getting the most that you can from that? Are you really that naive to think that one person <laughs> is the one that's going to pay the most, uh, for your house? And, and that's the, uh, you know, it, it might be worth it to you. They, there's different motivations of every seller, right? Maybe they want a quick sell. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. It seems but. like that could be a little self-serving for the agent too, because you double end the listing too, right? So, um, I guess it could be more in the best interest of the agent more than the, than the, than the seller too. So Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's move along to the final segment of the show, the app of the week. So Aaron's got an app that he wanted to talk to you about this week, and I believe it's called Collaborate. You get that right? That's right. Perfect. I was a little bit worried that I had my notes wrong there. Okay, so the, the app's called Collaborate. It's actually not really an app, but more of a, a site or a service that the Toronto Real Estate Board provides um, that he kind of wanted to bring out there and say that this has a lot of advantages in the Toronto market, but also some that could be potentially applied w- on other boards as well. So Aaron, why don't you tell us a little bit about Collaborate? Well, I thought it was a great uh, um, move by the Toronto Real Estate Board to develop some software, have the software developed that um, for buyers. I mean, we have so much out there for sellers in terms of all the marketing we do for their, their properties. The problem in the, in the industry right now is that uh, I would say 80 to 90% of the buyers that are out there, regardless of whether working with a real estate agent or not, probably found the house they bought themselves. There's too much information out there. I mean, you go online, you can find the house. Shopping for homes is not the way it used to be. You didn't. You don't need a real estate agent to find the home you want to buy. So, what do we as uh, buyer agents provide as value to your to your buyers? And they've developed some software that is it's a fantastic way to communicate uh, with your buyer um, and collaborate back and forth on what you like, what you dislike, commenting on the listings, notifications being sent to them every time you're working on their file, keeps them um, really up to date with what you're doing for them and allows them the process of, um, uh, it involves them in the process of finding a house too. But what they're doing is they're doing it through your system. They're not going rampant all over the place. They're focused on one system that has all the information and uh, is fantastic in terms of a tool to search for homes. They can save their own searches and get notified the minute something instant comes on the market, which is fantastic. And it comes from you instead of another third party. So why isn't Treb promoting this more? Because from what I understand, it's not being promoted and, and, and pushed by Treb as well. And it does seem like it's a fairly useful tool. 
No, I don't. I don't know if it's not being promoted. It's 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 there for people to use. They've got all the training sessions on all the rest of it. Um, you know, I think I think they're maybe it's beta testing and they're just trying to see how it goes and get people you know warmed up with it and whatnot. Um, um, yeah, I, I think I think they've got uh, some some more tools the, along with that system that uh, um, that they're developing and stuff. So it's it's. I think it's going to be up to the brokerages really at this point in time to do the promotion on it. And we're really promoting it in our brokers because it gives us an advantage over the others. And I mean, I think maybe that's part of it too. Trev is saying, here's, here's a system. You know what? Why are, why are we doing the promotion? Why not let the brokerages have access to everything and within your own brokerage have a point of difference that just make me different than the brokerage down the road that we have uh, taught our, agents collaborate and we're getting more sales and more conversions and and, and selling quicker for our agents you know uh, maybe that's the reason yeah so there's a big advantage for um, agents that are on the Toronto real estate board um, how can this potentially apply to other boards in the future is it something that maybe you should contact your board and try and get them to jump on this bandwagon or, or what do you think yeah yeah I would definitely uh, talk to some people that uh, are using collaborate myself uh, anybody on the Toronto real estate board and uh, and then take that information and bring it to the board um, bring it to the you know elected people within your organization in order to push uh, to spend uh, maybe a bit of uh, the technology dollars towards such a system because it really is going to be a game changer when it comes to how uh, we provide value to our buyers going forward from a technology standpoint we we're talking about something called digital interruption. Okay, and digital interruption is what the internet did to pretty much every industry across the world when the internet came to be. And uh, companies like Blockbuster were replaced by companies like Netflix. And uh, if uh, if Blockbuster had got on board and started to really listen to what the buyers want, um, that would not have happened. And I think that that's what we have to do as an industry. I think we have to look at this technology, embrace it, see how it can work for us. And, and that's what the buyers are looking for. They're looking for more information quicker and uh, more control. It's all about being adaptable, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, so that's our show. If you like the show, subscribe to our show on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts online. And please don't forget to leave us a five-star review on those sites. It really does help. You can watch this and past shows at spotlight.central21.ca slash podcast. If you need to reach us, you can email us anytime at podcast at homania.com. That's podcast at H-O-M as in Mary, E-A-N as in Nancy, I-A dot com. So this podcast was brought to you by the Spotlight Marketing Program, an exclusive marketing package available only to Century 21 agents in Canada. Spotlight provides agents with a comprehensive marketing strategy for their listings. We provide high-quality HDR photography, stunning HD video tours, a cutting-edge responsive website, and an extensive advertising system that will help sell your listings faster, sell them for more money, impress your clients, and generate leads. Find out why so many top agents are using Spotify, Spotlight, <laughs> Spotify, Spotlight by visiting spotlight.century21.ca today. You think I've said that enough times that I wouldn't mess it up, but I did, I did several a couple of times there. You've been listening to music on Spotify recently. I, I guess so. I guess I got Spotify on the mind. Anyhow, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week.